Yo, welcome to the Pixelist, a very special early edition of the Pixelist. We're hoping everybody's doing good out there. That's my homie Blake. I'm Will, and we're here to talk to you about a little Critical Role episode Ooh. five today. How you doing, buddy? I'm very tired. Uh, this episode ended about six hours ago. <laughs> um, you're bringing a lot of energy. Did you have your coffee yet? Nice. <laughs> right I'm here. saving mine for after. That's probably why I'm like... Yeah groggy and you're like let's go yeah well you know i gotta i gotta drive a long drive after this so i had to That's make sure true. i was good yeah to go. yeah so uh what's going on with the hats you i woke up this guy <laughs> you at covert op dropped this on my doorstep yep um what, what's going on here man it's it's thanksgiving this is the you know last episode we're putting out before thanksgiving so i was like you know let's let's be a little festive i'm all you know, about this it this will make well, our thumbnail more exciting we will have everyone who's listening. We will have an episode that drops next week on Friday, right? I think so. Yeah, on Friday. Mm. Uh, but we already recorded it yesterday. So. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that episode is going to be um, basically what do you need to know about Exandria Unlimited? And so, if you've been wondering about Exandria Unlimited, what's the connection? Um, what's happening? Uh, although there was like a small detail in last night's episode that I was like, frick, I wish we had that in our video. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> all, all that to say, you could check out that video. It's coming out next Friday. And it literally, we talk in, I don't remember how long the video is, but we talk about the whole plot and we talk about all the key details you need to know about each character that is now in Critical Role. Yep. So that'll be out next week. Yeah. So be looking forward to that. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really all I've got as far as announcements. Yeah. Um, well, uh, did we introduce us? I mean, we said who we are. What what we do as the Pixelist oh, yeah. is we we talk about all things nerdy <laughs> that we enjoy. So it's been a lot of Critical Role lately, mm -hmm. and um, which we love, by the way. Uh, we love D and uh, D. We love Critical Role. Love talking about it. And so um, this is where we talk about it. I guess uh, we also have a <laughs> podcast that. Uh, should be launched here in the next few days. You can check it out literally on any podcast platform. Just search for the Pixelists. Uh, and it's literally just the audio content from this video. Yeah. Um, but we get together, we talk, we enjoy the conversation, and then we do it again the next week. That's Excuse right. Me. And actually, so. thanks, you reminded me of something. So yeah, uh, we, are, we, are, we do do more than Critical Role, but obviously that's what we've been focused on right now. And um, the next thing we actually are going to be doing is Hawkeye, which starts next yeah. week. So if we got any MCU fans out there, definitely uh, tune in for that when that gets going. Yeah, we're excited about that. Yeah. So, um, we're pretty much a, right now we're an MCU D&D channel. It's yeah. pretty much <laughs> the two forms of content we have. So That's right. Anyway, having said that, uh, are we ready to talk about the episode? I think so, man. I think okay, so. Okay, cool. Well, so for those of you who are watching maybe for the first time, we like to do a recap of what happened in the episode before we actually dive into the actual um, discussion on the show. And if you're here watching this, just this little segmented clip that we peel out into its own video, down in the episode description, we have a link to the entire video where we talk about everything exciting that happened in the show. And especially if you have an opinion on what happened in the show, you have a thought, a theory, um, maybe even a connection we didn't consider, definitely go back to that original video and drop it in the comments below. We so appreciate that. So, yes, please. 
Having said that, let's talk about what happened in Critical Role Campaign 3, Episode 5. I wish we had like a banner or something that like, know. you know, <laughs> feels like there should be. But. Yeah, there definitely should be. Anyway, okay, let me grab my notes here. So um, the party picks up in this very precarious situation that we saw in the last episode where they've come up through this little winding staircase and sort of um, stumbled out in this large group meeting of people who are waiting for them. And this figure had walked forward and basically said, this is not your luckiest day. And it seemed like they had been uh, placed into a trap by the Shadow Baker whether through offending the shadow baker, asking if he had pies, you know, all these different things that might have rubbed him the wrong way. And that is actually confirmed to be the case, by the way, that he was offended and gave them the wrong password to effectively screw them over. And um, this half elven person who identifies himself, he says, I'm not the leader, but he does say I am taking leadership of what's happening right here basically declares himself as a person by the name of Yash Mangle, and additionally also informs the party that this is, in fact, the Hubat Corsairs, and they've stumbled across one of their hideouts. Also mentions that they don't all just stand around waiting for people to come through this hatch, <laughs> which we waited, we wondered about, but yeah. that they were actually having a meeting before like people started coming up and uh, so people start like eating like sandwiches and like, okay, let's go back to our, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever we're doing. Well, Yash points out that, hey, you have found one of our hideouts, so we're going to need some collateral to make sure you don't double cross us. So he asks three of the party members to name one person close to them. Uh, and where they may be found. And they have a, uh, Yash has this little sort of bookkeeper type person who's writing down um, these names as they're said. So Imogen names her father, uh, didn't catch the name. I think Will said maybe it was Robert or yeah, something. Yeah, it started with an R, but okay. I wasn't able to catch it in the moment. Yeah. So um, names her father uh, back in Galvan, I think, mm -hmm. is where she says he is. And uh, they write that name down. Um, Ashton thinks for a moment, and then he says, all right, fresh cut grass. <laughs> and fresh cut grass is like, oh, are you kidding me? That's so nice of you. Like, wow, I can't believe it. And, um, you know, even Josh is like, oh, yeah, cool. Um, but by the way, you're going to be dead if you double cross us. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. And then the third person, uh, Dorian, who we think might be dropping some interesting details based on our Alexandria video coming out next week. Dorian says, everyone I have of importance is right here with me and uh, seems to sort of dodge the question, which Yash actually respects and says, OK, somebody else can answer. And so he actually picks on Ladna. Again, you think you're getting a key detail. And Ladna says the same thing. Everyone important to me is, is right here. And um, somewhat frustrated, Yash finally is like, all right, fine. We'll just, the two names that you guys have given us so far is fine. And if you double cross us, just know that these people will, in fact, die. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Um, he mentions that, again, this is one of their hideouts. This is where they get together, chat, um, what have you. And the conversation is actually fairly friendly. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like they do match the reputation that Esteros had uh, described them to match in terms of like sort of this Robin Hood-esque noble um, thieving uh, organization. 
And uh, so it's a very friendly conversation and they want to know about Duggar. And it's also at this point where there's this, there's this weird joke about calling him Duggar or Duggar. Um, feels like names always have a double, double uh, uh, possible pronunciation. Yeah. Uh, and they, uh, Yang basically, or excuse me, Yash basically says that, yeah, he did work with us. He doesn't anymore. Uh, he was always kind of a prickly person, but along about six months ago, he said he needed to go take care of something. He was gone for a few weeks. He came back and that's when he started really sort of just wasting away, mm-hmm. getting really creepy, really distant to the point where he finally just said, Hey, I'm actually going to quit the Corsairs. And uh, they've been keeping tabs on him ever since. And uh, they don't know why he's been wasting away. They don't really know what happened. But they do know um, where he lives, which was... Um, it um, started... Devoon Devar? Yeah. Was that? Yeah. Devoon Devar? It was something, something like, like that. that, yeah. I can't find it. Um, but um, I think it was in the, was in the Lantern Spire or the Core Spire? It's wherever uh, it's the, it's the Lantern Spark because it's where Imogen and yeah, Lagna yeah, where they, live, yeah. that neighborhood, right? Which they're familiar of, familiar with, and mm-hmm. so they're like, okay, wow, cool, that's easy. Um, basically, they decide, you know, okay, we're going to go check out more about this. And in talking to Yash, uh, Yash actually asks, well, hey, by the way, who who do y'all work for? Right. And there's this really. <laughs> um, the party is not on the same page. There's this back and forth. Should we say it? Should we do it? Dorian actually decides he's just going to yell the name out. <laughs> um, and Ashton covers his mouth. He's like, no, like we can't say his name. Yeah. We agreed not to. Um, ultimately, they decide not to say his name, even though they say it amongst each other quite a few times. And then the party basically leaves to go to Duggar's house. And uh, Yash also mentions that... Um, not to say the we're here for the laughter phrase anymore because that's right. not a good phrase to say right but instead to say um i, I don't remember this. do you remember yeah yeah um we've come to loosen the snare yeah so basically that's like the the safe word rather than the hey please rob us kill us um, <laughs> right word um as they're heading out they just said you know what um duggar really um ripped us a new one so let's maybe go to like a potion shop and ashton knows of of one in the elder post called the trove of marwa but he doesn't know how to get there and imogen spots this little matt describes it as a little cute little salesperson who um uh has definitely a smoker's voice (laughs) you know hilarious and uh says yeah do you know where the trove of marwa is and you know, she's like, of course, and <laughs> leads them there. And um, Imogen realizes that she reads her mind and realizes that she's basically thinking like, um, oh, maybe Advic is going to give me a cut of this sale. Mm. It's very, um, very suspicious, but they realize they're heading to see Advic. And yep. so they get to the shop and Advic is the person who runs the shop and is very welcoming and very warm, which the party's definitely thrown by. And uh, they're there to get some healing potions. Um, Advic shows them a few that they can buy. Uh, they're even suspicious of that, but Fern actually dips her finger in and tastes it. And it's like, yeah, it's a healing potion. Um, and then he also shows them these sending stones, which um, have this rune on it that if you rub, you can speak through it almost like a walkie-talkie. Uh, and they agree to buy that as well. 
Um, other than that, it's pretty uneventful other than just like the deep tension of we know that Ashton has some kind of bad deal with Advic. But as they leave, um, Ashton sort of smiles and realizes, okay, he doesn't yet know about what yeah. I've done that screws him over. Um, so that might be the last time we see him that it's very <laughs> positive. Um, they head over to the Lantern Spire to go to Duggar's home. And do you want to take it from there? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they, they got the description and the location of Duggar's place from Yash. And so taking that information they head that way and between ashton and imogen's familiarity with uh drusar they are able to eventually find this place and it's um one of many homes in this like multi-tiered like layer of uh neighborhoods basically up one of the spires um so they go and walk up to it and they're trying to figure out all right what do we do now and um basically most of the party decides to go like one tier up above Duggar's house so they can kind of have a better vantage point looking down upon it while um, Imogen and Orem, who is staying with her so she's not alone is going to basically walk by and press the digitation knock on the door and kind of keep going and everyone else is going to see what happens um, so that's the plan so essentially Imogen and Orem ding dong ditch Duggar and uh they go hide and everyone's like all right what's what's gonna happen and nothing happens um so they're like okay and so the rest of the party comes back down meets up with imogen and orum and uh imogen then decides to use her telepathic like probe to see if she can sense anyone um inside and she can't but she can kind of smell this like awful like rot smell emanating from inside and so they're like okay well if no one's in there let's go check it out so they go up to the door and it's locked and um ashton decides that they're gonna try to pick the lock <laughs> but fern is like well i'll turn into a rat and she tries to like jimmy under the door they're thinner than a quarter so why <laughs> <Yeah>. not <laughs> so she sees if she can like fit through the door but she doesn't she gets stuck by like the width of her skull and is stuck under the door while uh you know meanwhile ashton's trying to pick it and so uh, Imogen actually grabs Ratfern and is able to yank her kind of just as Ashton is able to pry open the door. And while this is happening, um, one of those patrolling uh, flight guards, Simmergs. Yeah. Sim thank you, Simmergs, is kind of coming by. So it like all simultaneously that is like coming down and landing while the party like scurries inside, closes and locks the door behind them. And they're kind of, you know, like, did he hear us? And um the guard like asks his his mount he's like where'd they go boy um but they are able to successfully elude him and, and he takes back off so now the party is inside duggar's house and it's it's a mess in here there's um well one it's dark but imogen casts her dancing lights and uh, is able to illuminate different portions of the house not the whole house at once though uh, but they're able to see that there's like overturned furniture everywhere. There's like food strewn about in different places. And there is this like this goop, this oily residue covering almost everything in here. And um, FCG actually inspects this to see if he can tell what it is, uh, but he cannot. So they continue looking around, they go into the other rooms, and uh, they eventually find a hole similar to the one they found in that hotel room in the Weary Way, mm -hmm. the one that led to the 1,200-foot shaft 
right. that presumably shadow creepers, you know, come out of. Right. Um, so Fern, who is still a rat, decides to, since she can fit in this hole, decides to go in there and check it out. And um, Imogen tries to see if she can use her telepathic communication to still be able to talk to Fern in rat form. And she can. So they're like, oh, yay, we can still communicate. <laughs> so Fern kind of serves as, you know, like the... I forgot what they're called, but the the scout, the scout. No. <laughs> Thank no. you. Uh, goes in there and she eventually notices it starts to take a decline just like the 1200 foot one did and so she's like yeah i should probably turn back and then at that same moment she starts to hear this like faint weird squeezing liquidy sound yeah. yeah it's like gross and she's like what is this and imogen's like i hear it too you need to get out of there so fern starts backing it up coming back out the hole and basically just as she like emerges there is a face that appears like right behind her and it's this pale twisted faith of Duggar like squishing and squeezing impossibly through this like tiny tunnel like a demon out of like Satan's birth canal and he just bursts into the room and boom we're rolling initiative so yeah. <laughs> basically we have this really long intense uh combat with you know it starts with Duggar like popping out of this hole and like his bones and stuff like shifting back into place it's very grotesque and you know of course it's Duggar so he's calling these hordes of shade creepers to come assist him and uh they basically come from different parts of the house there are different holes uh in Duggar's house that they're pouring out of and something we also learned during this fight is that they come out of him like at, at one point in the battle a uh shade creeper like morphs out of his back and like plops to the ground and everyone's like Ugh! and Duggar's just also like secreting potentially this goop everywhere I don't know mm -hmm. if it's necessarily the same thing but Duggar is also like secreting a disgusting ooze he's basically just gross all around and um so there's combat and like I said it's very intense it's very dangerous because the party is outnumbered between Duggar and all these shade creepers at different times and right these shade creepers still do explode upon death, so there's just a lot of um, danger happening here. And um, throughout the fight, actually, three different people are knocked unconscious. Uh, Fern goes down once, but FCG is able to heal her. Imogen goes down, but Orem is able to feed her one of those potions that they just bought from Advic. And then um, FCG actually goes down, and Dorian heals him. Um, but eventually... Dorian is able to get the how do you want to do this on Duggar with a thunder wave and it just disintegrates him to ash. Um, really cool. It was. And then uh, they still had several shade creepers to deal with after that. And there were a few close calls with some of those unconscious bodies, but um, they eventually dealt with it, got everything taken care of. Uh, but they could hear more shade creepers like coming, like in the walls and stuff. So combat is like over for the time being. But they're not necessarily out of harm's way. And um, so they're like, okay, what do we do? And Fern has this ring called a Stonky's ring, which we'll probably talk about a little bit in our episode. Yeah. Uh, and she uses, <laughs> <Dang> that, <it>. <laughs> <laughs> she uses that to telepathically move a crate in front of one of the holes. And Ashton jumps on and is trying to, like, cave in the wall with his mace. Um, and then Orm, kind of inspired by that, uses his Arishari gust to move another crate. He can't quite do it, but Imogen assists him with her telepathy and they are able to move another crate in front of a 
a wall. Mm -hmm. And finally, Ladna comes up with her immovable rod and places it on one of the crates so that the crate can now not be moved away from right. the hole. So they kind of have successfully, temporarily, you know, plugged off the the Shade Creepers. Um, now that they're sort of safe for the moment, they decide to, you know, look, look at through this house now that they have some time. And they don't really find anything. They, you know, look every corner, nook and cranny, but it's basically just either empty or normal household items you'd expect. Um, Orem does loot Duggar himself, or at least the ash pile that remains of him, and uh, he is able to get a small pouch, a coin purse, and Duggar's three weapons. Um, the party also collects some samples of the weird goop, and Fern actually takes a chamber pot, because Fern, I guess. And <laughs> they... Uh, then they're like, okay, we need to get out of here. But they can tell that there's like a nosy neighbor outside that is like, like kind of wondering what's happening, having heard the ruckus. So Dorian walks out, uh, you know, his charming self, literally casts charms per person on this uh, neighbor and kind of distracts them while the rest of the party leaves. And um, they end up heading to Estros's to fill him in, um, which they do just that. And he's kind of disturbed by learning all of this and says, you know what, I'm going to have my people look into it, see what they can find out about all of this. Um, but he lets them know that uh, his airship is still off on a mission or something, but he has chartered a, a different airship to take Bertrand's body to Whitestone. He just wanted them to know this. And he also wanted them to know that, you know, he, he put out a bounty on uh, the murderer of Bertrand, you know, Bertrand, who was and these are his words, the hero of Vasselheim and pseudo member of Vox Machina, like he's his killer deserved to be caught. And so, you know, put this bounty out on it. And uh, the party like doesn't really feel right taking it, but Estros insists, insists and uh, they do. And it uh, we don't know the exact number, but it is uh, around or over a thousand gold. Yeah, um, it's a big pot. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, all right, you know, now go rest and we'll, you know, we'll be in touch. So they decide to head to the Spire by Fire to refresh and recharge. And FCG asks Estrosh to join them, but he's like, ah, uh, no. <laughs> and uh, that's basically where the session ends. However, we do have a level up to four. And yep. um, everyone rolls their HP, which real quick, just I know some people are interested in that. Ashton rolled a 12 on his HP. Dorian, five. Ladna rolled a two, and her next level is in Sorceress. Uh, FCG, a three. Fern, a seven, Imogen, a two, and Orum, a six. And okay. uh, that's episode five. That's what happened. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, what an episode, right? You want to talk reactions? Yeah. Um, it was, I, I enjoyed it. I was really, the first part of the episode, I was blown away by the fact that that was actually the Corsairs. I right. did not expect that. So, um I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the the characterization there, and then um, loved Advic. He's a he's a quick like favorite NPC of mine, mm -hmm. and um, then you know big intense battle. So uh, it was like it was not like a extra long episode, but it was like a long episode, but not not too much like happened in terms of like story beats. But I enjoyed it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Almost five hours, and a big chunk of that was the fight with um duggar um yeah and so yeah yeah no great episode really enjoyed it too um man it was very much an episode where i was wondering 
like, could someone die here with the number of people who went down in that fight with Duggar? Uh, and I think it was maybe Imogen, I'm not sure who, who had two death saving throws. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Ashton basically said, hey, no one kill a Shade Creeper because these Shade Creepers, when they die, they blow up right. around them. And if you take damage while you're unconscious, you immediately take a death saving throw. And so I think it was Imogen maybe um, had two had two already, basically. Right. And so a third was going to permanently kill her character, which <laughs> yeah, they were freaking out. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was an intense battle. Like when you get outnumbered like that, especially with death rattle minions, it can get dangerous quick. Ooh, death rattle. Yep. So, but yeah, I like the episode. I thought it was pretty good. Um, like you said, not a lot of story beats, but we got a nice resolution, um, much quicker resolution than I realized to basically the Duggar storyline. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's still some mystery to be uncovered there, but yeah, I was surprised too that, that, that he has already been dispatched as right. it were. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, where to begin? Anything in particular you wanted to hit first or... Yeah, we can maybe start with the uh, the Hubot Corsairs. I mean, that's the first thing we kind yeah. of come up against. Um, the Corsairs are obviously well-staffed. I mean, the fact that this is just one of their hideouts, and yet so many people are here, it was kind of, I kind of interpreted it more as like kind of a, a shady underground tavern almost. You know, people are eating yeah. sandwiches, they're hanging out, they're spending time together, but there's this understood sort of code or unity right. amongst them. So maybe wonder, wow, like how how big is this organization? And Yash even points out that he's not the leader, um, which begs the question, you know, who is the leader? It's right? a communal thing. It, <laughs> That's what he does said. he say that? Yeah, he's okay, like, yeah. you know, there is no leader. We all just like I don't know if communal okay. is the exact word, but okay. there's something like that that he says. Okay, yeah, yeah. That makes more sense than what I was interpreting it as. Um, but yeah, very friendly. Mm -hmm. sinister group uh, in the yeah. sense of I was surprised that he let so much slide in like they're um, trying to get um, collateral from the group yeah. where it was like you know who do you know well, this is everyone oh, okay you know like it was <laughs> there wasn't like a you know knife to the throat like tell me a name right um, so it Albeit, it seems like Esteros's description of them is accurate in that they seem like a nicer, <laughs> nicer drug dealers. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I want to know more, right? Like, I want what is their code? Like, what what is their mission statement? Like, what are they trying to do? And they didn't... they have a website. Like, we don't... <laughs> yeah, did they? <laughs> we don't know because he didn't even ever mention Ivory Syndicate. Right. right. So yeah, it's, it's right. not as if like they exist solely to combat that. Like, I don't think that's the case at all. So like what? Right. And if, like you said, it's so big and it seems to be kind of like a communal, like a communal in so much as a like members of the community are in this. It's not just yeah. like underbelly seedy people. So like there must be some sort of like mission statement that everyone has gathered around here. And uh, they were for the most part friendly. You know, they had the they made threats, but, um, right. Even it, says, you know, if you come up, come across us again, we can't promise that though. Yash yeah. does say he'll put a word out to be a little gentler on them, but says, you know, we can't make any promises. We're not going to, you know, hurt you in the future. Right. And so I, I almost wonder, like, I'm sure they do, you know, rough people up when necessary, but I almost wonder if like, they don't like 
that's not their choice, their first choice of things to do. Like, you know, they seem mm -hmm. to be pretty understanding. Now, I don't know how much of that was just like Matt in the moment or if that's like really true of their characterization. But yeah, I was very intrigued um, by them. Just again, one, I mentioned this already, but just the fact that that actually was the Hubot Corsairs, first of all, right. but then just how forthcoming and like amicable they were. Uh, go Before going into this episode, I was under the impression that they were probably ivory syndicate with better pr like they were probably still scumbags but um you know just right had a better uh you know public facing persona but now i'm i'm like okay maybe these guys are kind of good guys right and uh yeah i mean i i want to know more and uh it i guess then not really related but i guess the shadow baker it is confirmed that like he was trying to get them killed basically maybe not killed but like he was trying to punish them he wasn't yeah it was sinister his actually motive actually trying to help them yeah right right um it was the pie comment man you can't <laughs> i guess so <laughs> How yeah. dare you you know <laughs> yeah and we did get some interesting information about duggar or yeah. uh duger you know depending on who says it um, <laughs> <The Dukes. laughs> which uh, you know very ambiguous um we know that he left something happened i guess he got infected in some way um mm -hmm. you know even called a, a malady or malaise that he's afflicted with and as we find out later is not just infected with something but two episodes ago when he said you know my children Ugh. he literally meant my children yep. gross because um, dude's got some problems <laughs> yeah that was horrifying that whole scene yeah. But yeah, it, so just to piece together the timeline here, and it's also to the to the characterization of the Corsairs, it's interesting that they would let someone leave like that, you know? Like, yeah, he right. resigned. And they were keeping yeah, yeah. tabs on him, but still, I mean, that's pretty not evil to just let people leave. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but the timeline is that he disappeared for a few weeks, Duggar did. Right. Comes yeah. back. Need, needed to take care of something is what yeah. he said. He comes back and that's when he starts changing, acting weird, and eventually, you know, he quits. And apparently that was all that happening was six months ago. Right. So he whatever he's been doing, he's been doing for six months. And I guess um, you know, has potentially gone from normal to whatever we saw here over the course of that time. I'm sure it was like a slow process. Uh but one, I don't remember who it was in the party, but somebody asked Yash, one, if he knew about this broomstone thing, and he didn't, which I thought was interesting. So that means that, mm -hmm. you know, whatever Duggar's doing, it was in no way connected to anything that the Corsairs were doing. Right. Um, but also they ask, you know, do you think that broomstone's dangerous, you know, is the broomstone potentially what is affecting him, what is altering him? and? Matt didn't say like, yep, that's it. But he did say like, oh, you know, it could be. I mean, that's like a dangerous thing. So, and I think even, I hate that I don't have proper credit here, but somebody commented on one of our videos that same thought before this week. So kudos to you. I'm sorry okay. that I can't credit you right now. <laughs> uh, but they were like, you know, what, if, out Brooms there, wherever you are. <laughs> what if Broomstone is like some sort of drug or something that he's been abusing? So <clears throat> I really I like that theory right now. Yeah, I, I'm not going to ship that theory yet, only because Broomstone, we know, isn't indigenous to this area, but the Shade Creepers are. And it seems to be whatever is affecting him is also 
causing him to produce literally to produce and birth these <laughs> these variant shade creepers are called yeah. variants because um they're much more ghastly they have black eyes um they're not so cute vermin-esque as the ones that originally inhabit um the spires right and so it's to me it seems like he went somewhere and then someone something infected him you know like a alien movie type you know where he's you know taking care of something you know creature latches on his face and now he's like a birther of some kind Ooh. i don't know and yeah. uh yeah but you know the, the good thing is that yash tells us that he was basically a huge douchebag so we can't feel too bad about him <laughs> that's true <laughs> so that's kind of like oh that's dad then i was like oh well seems like no one really liked him <laughs> he so. deserved it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's but the theme of our show it's, that's right uh, casting judgment <laughs> don't forget it yeah <laughs> but in uh uh, one other thing we learned about him was that he basically is just at his home, the weary way, and the smolder spire. Or, are, are uh, correct me if I'm wrong there, but that's what Yash said that like that's the only places he goes. So yeah. we kn we knew about the weary way because clearly that's the hotel room that we had that battle with him in. Uh, I wonder why he's going to the smolder spire. I would assume it's where they do all their mining. I would assume that. So, so you threw out an idea that I think I'm I'm still on right now is, you know, we know Broomstone, the history of it is that it's tied to these floating cities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had thrown out this idea that maybe Duggar's in-game goal was to actually lift one of the spires for Ooh. some reason. And so we know that the Smolder Spire is where all the mining happens. There's naturally some, um, I would assume, deeper tunnels uh, in this area than the other spires. And so maybe it gives him access um to deeper areas for him to plant or place broomstone or maybe if this is where um the shade creepers originate maybe there's a tie there that you know it's like it's like the hideout 2.0 like yeah. deep in the smolder spire i don't know yeah and i mean if you were gonna smuggle broomstone deep into a spire what better creature to command than a shade creeper, you know, it could have them tunnel and place it yeah. for you anywhere, I guess. But I guess the detail that's a little vague is the spires aren't connected. And so, I mean, you go Maybe so deep. Maybe they are eventually, you know, like. I guess so. You think it's almost like a hand, like a, because the way I envision it was like five separate, um, you know, um, almost like pencil thin uh, rock mm. faces that come out of the, the, the forest, the jungle below. And they're these five, um, but it could be something like you're talking about where they all originate farther down into a, a single Yeah, mountain. I actually haven't really thought about that because in my mind, I was picturing like a mountain range that has like really tall spires, like maybe at the peaks. So they are all like, it's one mountain range, but there's different, but it may be what you're saying where it's just like five individual things jutting out of the ground. So yeah, yeah I, part I actually of, don't know what the answer part is. of the reason I only think that too is because of um, one of the fan uh, one of the fan arts from the official mm. fan reel. Yeah, um, and it's something similar to what I'm describing. Is okay. kind of I don't know if I already had that. Then I saw it and was like, oh yeah, that's what I was thinking. Or if mm -hmm. I, I saw that and now it's like you know right. supplanted in my mind. Chicken or the so, egg? Yeah, <laughs> we gotta get to the bottom of this. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I yeah, I, that's. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's the 
that's that's probably my leading theory too though as far as to like what he's doing it, not that he's necessarily like lifting a sp i mean i think that would be awesome if he was but uh obviously doing something with it you know we don't really mm -hmm. know the the other uses of broomstone beyond lifting things if there are any so you know i guess we'll have to wait and see mm -hmm. but it so he 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 isn't a lone actor doesn't seem like um i mean something I assume caused him to be the way that he is right. either through accident or intentionality. It makes me wonder if, I mean, we know the ivory syndicate is, um, has people on the inside of the Sean, Quorum. And so it makes me wonder if Duggar is like the dirty man, like the, the guy who gets his hands dirty, like is yeah. doing all this tunneling, what have you. And there is, you know, either someone in the syndicate or someone in the, the quorum who, um has has their own i mean they we've we the the quorum is still totally masked in ambiguity as to we know they it's anonymous who's mm -hmm. on it and it's not at all clear what they do for drusar yeah um i wouldn't be surprised if we find out there is someone who has their own motivations and their so their own sinister ambitions who you know connecting the dots um essentially has duggar doing something for their own um yeah. I, I don't know i mean and we have no concept of this i'm just kind of throwing out ideas here but. right and like you said we like we don't the quorum is anonymous and we don't really know their function but they the way right. they've, been, they've, they, they've been talked about is as if they are some sort of like authoritative governmental yeah. body almost right right but we also have heard that you know some people think that they are maybe if not in cahoots with the ivory syndicate like okay with them right so if that's right. true that doesn't seem like the quorum has trusar's best interests at heart so maybe you know maybe there is some sort of like power play here that one if not the whole quorum is kind of pulling i don't know yeah i mean yeah i don't know i guess we'll find out <laughs> I, hope, um, I hope so I, what's we don't even have any leads really though from this point onward because it's kind of like well we killed him we didn't pick up any new trails so like i wonder if will follow like a new thread now and this might be picked up later or if they will continue to like all right yeah. let's find out more about this the impression i got was that this is going to lay a while because they didn't find any if i'm nothing um the only thing they have is the goo yeah um which <laughs> this is not a family friendly part of the show <laughs> Uh, they have the goo that um, they've handed over to Esteros, mm -hmm. and he says he, he knows an alchemist who will have look at it. Yeah. And so, you know, I kind of take that as like you've dropped off the quest item and, you know, down the road could be an episode from now, could be five episode, episodes, yeah. episodes from now. Um, this kind of to me feels like the, you know, if you split campaign three into three big story arcs, which we have no concept of that. But this would be like the end of like the first big story arc. And mm -hmm. so I expect it to slow burn a little bit um, from here on out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I subscribe to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what they do pick up next then. Because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Estros uh, mentioned that he's still like, to Orem, like, I still need a little bit to make that connection for you. So it doesn't he seem says, like the anger yeah. thing is next up either. Yeah, he says he's reached out, but hasn't heard back yet. Right, okay. And so to me, it's kind of like, okay, this could be as early as next episode, but 
Um, to, to me, the implication is pretty strong that this is going to be, and we've talked about this, that this is going to be Travis's new character. Yeah, I, I think so. And uh, I, I sent you this, uh, but for those of you uh, that don't use Twitter, um, before last night's episode, Travis tweeted that he wasn't going to be in the episode and uh, you have to wait a little longer. So it'll be interesting to see if like, since he did that, is he going to tweet like tonight's the night? Like, it seems like he wouldn't do that because that's kind of like a spoiler. But I just thought it was interesting that he revealed that he wasn't going to be in the whole episode before it even aired. But maybe yeah. he wanted to, like, cater or not cater, but expectations, like, adjust them yeah. or something. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, Other things that came out of the conversation with Yash, uh, I thought it was interesting. Imogen drops her dad. I guess her dad's still alive, which yeah. I, I had the impression maybe. that she was kind of out on her own. Yeah. She could be well, lying, though, you know. I guess she could be, yeah. Yeah, and this, you know, for being sort of a um, a roguish-type organization, they were very trusting and not very right. much prying. Right. So I definitely could see her being like, yeah, my dad. And they're like, okay, yeah, you know, got him. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like, is he okay? Is he, you know, what does he do? Mm-hmm. Um, and even the other party members being like, everyone's here, which we know we think we know is not the case for Dorian in that seems like he has a relative or a family member. Maybe not. Um, we talk a little bit about, about it in next week's Exandria video. Um, I was thinking maybe his mom was still around, but maybe not. And um, I was thinking, I was hoping for a juicy Ladna detail mm. and uh, didn't get that either. But, but again, Yash is very trusting of like, ah, okay, you don't know anyone. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, uh, so you're right. Imogen could easily be lying, and I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. And for my money, Dorian was lying, at least for me. And yeah. I mean, I mean, we're about to talk about this next week. I'm not going to dive like check out our EXE video we're putting out next week if you want the deeper discussion on this. Uh, but since it's relevant, I do want to mention it. I think that um, what from what we know about him, that he kind of does have a past that he is running from. I think that he's just very, very secretive with that information. And he is, of course, not going to tell this random, you know, band of bandits about that. But so I do think like, you know, he does care about the people here. And like, that's the statement was true in that way. But I do think he does have people he cares about outside. He's just not going to reveal that information. And real quick on that note, at the end of the episodes, since we're kind of related here, uh, you know, he's he's charming the neighbor and you know says his name's dorian twice and the party's like you told him your real name twice and he's like yep <laughs> and yeah. uh but as we know uh from exu that's not his real name so he he right he he, he he knows what he's doing even though it may appear that he's being aloof at times right right yeah and you know and the party rightly points out that there's like probably a thousand dorians out there yeah. so you know it's like <laughs> okay we're probably okay but yeah, I mean, the Corsairs are a bit odd. They're odd to me in that it's they seem very okay with the potential that these people are lying to them. Um, I, they're a lot nicer than I was expecting. And so yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the the play is there or what's happening there. Because um, even, I mean, in the conversation, the party absolutely had the power in the conversation because he's even trying... Right. Yash is trying to move the conversation along and they keep trying to ask questions like, ooh, ooh, ooh here's another question for you. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's almost like they, the party realized we've hit the next quest NPC. Let's go through all the dialogue options. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. to the point that Yash was like, uh, okay, okay, let's, 
just answer my question first. Like, who are the people that, <laughs> you know, we can kill if you screw us over? Yeah. Um, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But one more question. Um, so it was kind of a weird dialogue in that way in that, I don't know, maybe maybe when we see them again, we'll see that sort of muscle side of them. I, I don't know. Yeah, I uh, honestly thought that at any moment it was going to turn south because yeah, Matt definitely. does that. Like Matt, Matt was being, and I mean, not saying I'm not saying it was Matt. It may just be the characterization of Yash, but speaking on Matt in a meta sense of past campaigns, like like if if the players like keep bothering an NPC that is like not necessarily a good guy, like they'll turn on him. So like I, okay. I kept waiting for that moment, and I was like, let's see what these like is this guy about to. Be like, okay, I told you guys like eight times to stop asking me questions. I've had enough. Um, <laughs> Total party kill. That's <laughs> like, oh, I told you. <laughs> but, uh, but one of the the things I was wondering, similar to what you're saying about like how they were just trustworthy, like, okay, your dad, cool, great. And without even really any type You're having of... a nice day today? Perfect. <laughs> Good to know. Exactly. Like, that's that's kind of what I felt like. Was, but, I don't know. And so I wondered like, okay, is this just like, where it's just, we're just not not trying to mog down and just like details right here. He's trying to just maybe move things along, or is it that in a room full of thirty people, maybe there's someone casting zone of truth, or maybe there's like a way for them to know what's being, you know, maybe maybe with so many people in the room, maybe they have ways of knowing things. I mean, that's that's, that's possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it was zone of truth, then I'm sure Matt would have been like make a spell save dc or whatever so that specifically probably wasn't it but i feel like there could be things there that you know maybe we can't see yeah well and it does seem to turn out that it was what we said last episode of almost like surprise birthday party-esque where everyone's kind of doing their thing and then when they hear (laughs) someone coming up the shaft it's like oh everyone get your get your spot yeah um and as soon as like conversation happens they're like okay go back to eating your sandwich Uh, waste a good surprise on you yeah (laughs) Yeah, man, I thought I was going to rob and beat someone up. So anyway, well, uh, that's all I have about specifically Yash and the Hubot Corsairs. Did you want to mention anything else about them? No, no. Yeah, I think we covered everything okay. I had there as well. Um, shout out. Matt just has such good characters. Shout out to the... Um, Janaya. Essentially, or... uh, yeah, Jiraiya, yeah. I think. Janaya is the other one. Um, yeah, very similar names. Yeah, yeah. Ethid, Ephrid. Yeah. <laughs> it can't keep straight. But um, yeah, with <laughs> they ask her like what she does, and she's like, you know, I have a silver tongue. And I, I think <laughs> about um this episode from Arrested Development where the uh Lindsay has like same thing, like a real raspy voice, and she's hitting on one of the students, and he's like, uh, I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you don't know. But um anyway, um yeah, they head to Advic's house and or shop, and uh, that threw me too. Because again, I was expecting like, you know, Ashton. You know, how can you show your face around here? But instead, very warm, very uh, even so much that the party's extremely suspicious of it. And I really liked Ashton's detail of like, oh, okay, so he just doesn't know yet <laughs> how I've screwed him over. Which begs the question: What did Ashton do, and yeah. how did it screw him over? Yeah. So. I- I was wondering that too. And I loved Advic. I love the voice. It um it reminds me of Gilmore, but in a, yeah. in a totally it's a it's a different almost like a the other side of the coin of Gilmore because I and this, you know, is completely I'm I have no basis for this, but to me I'm imagining kind of him as one of those like 
almost con men at like that you might see at like a a big a flea market or something where you know he's telling you this like wondrous story about these items he has and it's like oh yes you know these were you know f- passed down 15 generations like he's that type of salesman and um mm-hmm. I, I was i was partly expecting those potions to be fake but mm-hmm. they were real so i mean uh maybe he's more legit than i'm giving him credit for well i mean uh, in, in my campaign with my players i just gave them a potion of poison which oh. looks like a potion of healing and so yeah i mean that was my connection they there of healing no they figured it out already oh, okay. that it's not um because they inspected it and stuff but um same thing exact same thing that happened was i was like oh that's that's what matt's doing is you know he's handing over something that could be very precarious or dangerous even mm-hmm. and uh you know fern finds that very quickly that nope just a normal healing potion yeah so. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I hope we haven't seen the last of him. I really like him, and I would like to kind of peel under a couple of those layers because I feel like he was very showman, putting up a veneer for these new customers, and I, I want to know what he's like actually like, uh, especially mm-hmm. since, uh, you know, Ashton has this kind of, you know, uncertain history with him and maybe is about to go sour even, depending on mm-hmm. what, whatever he did. So, Which has uh, to come up again, right? I mean... I feel like it does. Yeah. Um but yeah, they, they got a pretty good deal on all those things, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Buying all those items from him. I didn't feel like they really needed the Sending Stones, but it's a cool magic item, so I guess why I, not? I liked it in the sense of, you know, I feel like, just speaking personally, I feel a temptation like to hoard gold in a campaign. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, I thought I thought it was like, or, you know, it's any RPG. Like you get to the end of the RPG and you have yeah. like your item list yeah, all of your literally interest. everything you've ever gotten. Yep. Uh, it's like, I can't spend it. Um, <laughs> I'm need and it. so... I just like that the party is is like yeah we have the gold let's spend the gold and um you know this is a, a an RP heavy group that really leans into that element and so they have now one more one more means to do it um and I think I think Liam even mentioned that maybe these popped up in the second campaign and they always wanted it but never got it um so maybe some of that's in play too of like oh we really needed it in a couple of instances let's just have it to be safe um, um well, since Liam brought it up, I I feel okay saying this. Um, you dropped like a mega spoiler unrelated <laughs> <laughs> to the stones. I'm like, oh, cool. Uh, they, like... <laughs> they found one of the pair during the campaign. Like they found like there's two sending stones that communicate to each other. They yeah. found one. And so they don't know where the oh. other one was, who was on the other end or anything. And uh, so what Liam said is like, I wanted to talk into that so many times, but like there was always something going on. So they never actually did anything with it. But uh, okay. it was kind okay, of this, interesting. this potential plot thing that was always hanging around. Yeah. Okay. So I think that was part of the reason that they kind of wanted to like satisfy that to, <laughs> to finally have it. So now, yeah, Orem, he's like, I can't explain why, but I feel like I have to have these. Yeah. <laughs> Which okay. makes sense. Speaking of Orum and the Sending Stones, I thought there was an interesting character moment here when they were trying to figure out who would hold them. Uh, and Orum was like, well, I'll hold one because I'm, you know, a few of the people in the party can send messages telepathically, so they obviously don't need it. Orum can't, so he t- he's taken one. And they're like, well, Fern, how about you take the other? And, you know, whenever we split up, we can communicate. And she's like, no, I don't want to be away from Orum. Yeah. So I was like, oh, Okay. Which uh, I think this is something we we touch Check on very EXU briefly. Video yeah, next week. <laughs> but, uh, there's some history there, so uh, yeah. I just I might like be a it. relationship. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see yeah. what happens. But uh, just another little notch on the board for the 
forum shippers. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I like, I like the gushy, you know, the friendship, the bromance, all that stuff, which again, we talk about that. Um, uh, we talk about Dorian and Orm's relationship next week also. Um, but for me, I mean, it's like, it's band of brothers. It's, you know, it's when people are developing these, these, these bonds, it's fun to watch. And so, yeah, Fern dropping that little detail, you know, you're kind of like, yeah, like these people have been through something. And so for me, like story-wise, it creates like a context of history. Like, yeah. Instead of every episode being isolated, like you feel like you have built something and are building something. Um, so those little small details are really cool for me. Yeah. So and this party is obviously getting closer and getting more connected. And, um, you know, it's exciting to kind of think about, you know, 10 episodes from now. Um, hopefully by then Travis's character is in 10 episodes from now. Surely. Right. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, just seeing that camaraderie, I think is really fun to watch. Yeah, get developed. What about a hundred episodes from now <laughs> when one of them dies and we're all uh, sad. Oh, huh. cool. <laughs> no, but it's, yeah. Uh, speaking of, um, uh, this is kind of a rough segue, but, uh, items and exu characters and things there we did touch on a little bit just i thought this was an interesting thing uh both fern and dorian talked to matt about like hey i had this stuff from exu do i still have it and we right. don't talk about this in our exu video because uh we obviously hadn't seen this episode yet um but i just thought it was kind of cool how he was like you know i had three potions but it's been like a year you know since the events of exu so matt's like you have one left Right. And um, this feels like as good a time as ever to kind of transition to the, the Stonky's Ring thing. Sure, yeah. Um, which Stonky's Ring is a, an item Fern bought during EXU, actually from Gilmore's shop. Um, which, again, we don't talk about this in our episode next week, so we're not retreading ground here. But uh, they, long story short, she uh, they were in Gilmore's shopping around, and uh, they actually, she actually found this ring, and it was not an item that they were selling. She just found it. And she goes to the clerk and is like, what's this? And they're like, uh, I don't know, 400 gold. And I, that's probably not the right price, but she just like names a random price and we'll sell it to her. Uh, but turns out it's called Stonky's Ring. And I think it just, it gives the user the ability to use telekinesis, mm -hmm. I think is essentially yeah, what it can it move is. an object of their choice. Yeah, right. So it was cool that... Um, Matt let her keep. The, I mean, not that I expected Matt to be like, no, you know, anything from EXU is not canon, because it is. But uh, I just thought it was cool that he, you know, was like, yeah, yeah, you got that in EXU, you still have it. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that that was cool, and I I was immediately regretting that we <laughs> recorded our EXU video <laughs> before. Yeah, it's like, dang it, we missed that detail. But um, yeah, it was cool that Matt let them, you know, carry things over and um. You know, as soon as Dorian asked about, you know, what do I still have? You could see Fern kind of scrolling through, yep. or maybe maybe a little bit later she was scrolling through, like, oh yeah, what do I have? Mm -hmm. um, but it, it it worked out. And then the other item that I'm like, wait, what? Um, Ladna's immovable rod. Yeah, yeah. What is what what is this item? I never even heard of this. Didn't even know about it. Okay. Um, I know. And go ahead. It's just. Uh, I mean, it's it's like one of the like. Excuse me. Like, uh, and it's an iconic D and D item and, um, without giving you like the rules as written five E description, which please don't no kill me. Cause I'm 
not going to be able to do that. I'm sure, uh, actually, it must be. I'm sure somebody in the comments yeah. can give us a more accurate description. But essentially, it's what it sounds like. It's an immovable rod. So, like, you place it somewhere and, like, click. And it cannot be moved, like, even with immense strength. Like, you have to have, um, like, magic to be able to move it. There may be some, like, absurd level of strength that can move an immovable rod. But essentially, it cannot be moved with force. It can only mm. be moved by, like you know, re deactivating it or like dispelling it basically. So mm -hmm. her putting that there was basically a way for like to cement that block in front of the hole. And like, it's not going anywhere because the rods, you know, wedging it in right. place essentially. I guess it's interesting to me that, um, the characters individually have important yeah. items like that. Yeah. It was, you know, so yeah. Like I, I think about like the parody of, you know, Ladna or Marisha comes to Matt and says, yeah, this is, you know, whatever. And Matt says, yeah, you can have this item. Do other characters? Which, oh, part of me wonders, does every character maybe have something? Because remember that uh, Fresh Cut Grass uh, had his coin of delving. That's true. Rest in peace coin. <laughs> um, so he had something. Yeah. Uh, that was an interesting little flavor item. So it just makes me wonder, like, how, did Matt basically say, yeah, everyone can kind of have their item of choice or um how much like that sort of individuality happened as they were creating their characters yeah i mean i matt likes to let his players have fun and be you know feel strong and stuff so i'm sure it wasn't just like hey pick any item from the list right. type of thing but you know especially since we have these exu characters who you know we just talked about how fern dropped a bunch of gold at gilmore's um orum actually bought a magical shield at gilmore's in exu yeah and so does he does he have that yeah he's still been, he's been using it i think it's his and uh so does it have the because doesn't it give him advantage on perception on perception checks yeah so yeah. I, i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure he's had advantage i can't recall a specific example the but. reason i think he might is because when they were rolling duggar's house um matt tells him to do an investigation check and he goes oh darn so not a perception check mm. which to me implies yeah. i would have had advantage that's another item by the way we didn't mention in the video the exu video <laughs> well, but you know. um it's the shield is basically this this shield that he apparently has had for a long time and it has um personal value to him yeah and one of gilmore and gilmore basically enchanted it to give him advantage on perception rolls yeah gilmore was selling a magical shield that had that effect on it and he was going to get it he's like i want to keep this one and they're like well we could just transfer the enchantment from this one to yours he's like bet so mm -hmm. um anyway all that to say that you know a few of the characters we know to have at least a magical item so i'm sure matt like you know either gave starting a chunk and of gold or maybe you know dorian has his winged boots right right also yeah so i mean as we're adding these up it seems like everyone has something except for imogen and um who imogen has a really cool flavor ability for her race or her mm -hmm. class whatever or not her class but just her personally uh and then ashton, ashton yeah which so you know they even might have something we just don't know yet right type of thing. right um but yeah i forgot i forgot what got us on this train but uh we were talking about stocky's ring and oh it just right right started this momentum of of the rod and why does she right, have okay. the rod and you know how might my how did you come about it i guess right so um yeah our, yeah the, uh, we were talking about advic and stuff okay so yeah um, yeah that's basically all i've got on the items and stuff yeah so we'll see what happens with Advic. Um, do you want to talk more about Duggar and Duggar's house and 
Uh, I mean, just we, I mean, between what we talked about him earlier in the recap, I, I feel like we covered most of it. Um, I don't know if there's anything in particular. Do you have anything from like that battle you wanted to? I was going to say it threw me back to um, watching X Files as a kid, and uh, <laughs> there's a bad guy who um, is random feather. Um, there's a bad guy who can basically, you know, pop his bones out and fit through Ooh. like enclosed spaces and um almost like turns their own skin to goo to do mm. that and that's the definite vibe i got um in in this whole conversation yeah. ha- this thing happening um we talked about the malaise or kind of our thoughts there what's happening there um do you think someone like rolled his place to try to rob him or i kind of envision like him transforming and just like breaking everything in the process but Sorry, the sun's coming out, so it's like shining on me. I'll say. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't think he got robbed because um, I don't know if you could say you're fine. I will talk to you, my friends. I don't think that he got robbed because he was still actively like using his house. He showed up in it, you know. Um, you said you didn't think he got robbed. Yeah, because you know, he, he was still using the house. Like he still lived there. Right. So to me, it was just that like, he kind of evolved beyond the need for typical human things. <laughs> and so like, you know, I mean, he even had his box of carpentry tools, which we know he was a carpenter. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he just like the house was just in that state because of who he was mm-hmm. and how he lived, not because someone had mm-hmm. come through there. He has transcended the need of a home. Exactly. And instead, I, I kind of envision him like dolphin swimming, you know, like through these like small tunnels, which, by the way, you know, they talked about seeing footprints on the rooftop of the Weary Way Tavern. Right. Uh, that may have been a red herring. Um, and you potentially think he went through the hole. Uh, I mean, why not? Right. I mean, yeah, we just I not come out of the same hole. So maybe, yeah, I didn't maybe think about that. he just, boop, you know, went right in. Then again, we didn't see like the goo um true so which i think would be like kind of a leftover thing so maybe not i don't know yeah that's a good point i didn't think about either of those things so yeah yeah but anyway um it kind of seems like the corsairs would maybe know about esteros also by the way you know they go they they've met the party the party then goes straight to esteros's house there's no conversation on you know where you followed or you know go around this house three times and then come on in yeah. So it seems like parties a bit naive to any of that stuff for an organization that sort of keeps tabs. That's but a good then point. again, then again, they seem a bit um, indifferent to Duggar being a psychopath. So true. Yeah, that's a good point because I would imagine they probably would be followed, but they went to Duggar's first, right? Right. So I wonder if like if they were followed, if they would have like held that long to then follow them to, to Estoros's. But yeah, um, you know, we do have, after the party argued about it all episode, we do have confirmation that Estoros does want the party to like make that connection if they get in good with the Corsairs. So right. they made the right decision, I think, of not mentioning him yet. Yeah. You know, unless yeah. they overheard him, yeah. them say his name like 12 times. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, uh, speaking of Estoros, if you're cool to... Unless yeah. you had something else on the Duggar situation. I was only going to say, like, any thoughts on, like, what the goo is. Like, we know he seems to be discharging it, but... Yeah, I mean... we They handed it over to Esteros to, like, 
you know, science this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Science, but, Mr. White. Yeah. Um, any ideas on what it what it is? I mean, to me, it was his discharge. Like, this, all around the house was, like, because of him. That's my best guess. Mm-hmm. So I, maybe it's related to whatever it is that's changing him. You know, I think it's just... My best guess is it's a bright product of what he's transforming into and, you know, made for a cool combat encounter. The fact that, like, you know, they literally were getting stuck in it and, but yeah, I kind of want to even like deep dive on like, you know, not here, but just on my own, like on D&D Monsterpedia and just are there creatures that secrete, you know, goo like that or do something Mm -hmm. like that? Um, to see like, is there, a, is there a tie? Is there an inspiration there that yeah. for what we might face later? Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Well, so, you'll have to anyway. let us know what you find. And uh, yo, <laughs> again, hit us in the comments. If you have some ideas on, uh, yeah. you know what this is, or maybe what, if Matt pulled this and inspired from something in the monster manual or something, definitely let yeah. us know. Yeah. Um, well, that's all I had. What, what did you want to mention? Um, I was just going to talk briefly about, um, Estros and the Bertrand thing. I thought it was very, uh, I don't know if interesting is the right word. I just thought it was a cool moment, I guess, that, you know, he kind of gave him the respect of those titles at the end, you know, saying uh, a hero of Vasselheim and uh, a pseudo member of Vox Machina. So it's just, you know, the old man kind of got his, uh, got his respect in Mm -hmm. his, his final days. So what, what was Vasselheim again? (laughs) Is that a, CR one spoiler, I'm guessing. It is um it is a is big uh city. Yeah, okay. It's, it's like, like it's like a capital city. Yeah, okay. Um it's I mentioned in like in the lore video, I remember that, but pretty yeah. much that. Um I don't maybe talk about this like next episode, but since they haven't really gotten into it, I don't really want to like go into spoilers on that. I mean yeah, but, okay. but there's not not that there is like this big juicy spoiler, because there's not necessarily, but I just you know, yeah, want okay. to tread carefully, but, um, sure. but yeah, it's just okay. a big city. So, okay, cool. Shush. Um, and they yeah. got a pot of gold from that too. Yeah. It was, uh, oh, I don't know. I'm going to buy next. I don't know if I'm reading too into this, but I kind of liked how, well, a running theme is that Laura is very like greedy, <laughs> like not Imogen, but Laura, like she's always like, uh, in campaign one, especially, it was kind of true of her character, like making sure they got the best deal and like weren't getting ripped off. And then in campaign two, like uh, that wasn't really true of her character, but you could tell at times Laura was like, oh, like, you know. <laughs> so anyway, Meta, I thought it was funny that Imogen was like, Ash, and how much is in there? <laughs> and he was like, uh, it's like a thousand. And I was wondering yeah. <laughs> if he was like intentionally going to maybe like, uh-huh. you know, if it's 1300, if he's only going to tell them it's a thousand type of thing. Yeah, that's interesting detail for sure. Yeah, wow. But yeah, um, I think that's for the most part all the the main stuff I wanted to hit. Uh, yeah, unless you had something else. No, the only other thing I was going to mention was the party's level four. We know this is typically where um, two things. We know that uh, Ladna has um, she's got another point into sorcerer, sorcerer, mm-hmm. right? So does that put it at um, two and two? I actually is that right? I actually don't know what the breakdown was before. Yeah. Okay. Was it? Yeah. I don't either. I can't remember <laughs> what the uh, breakdown is either. Um. 
so I, there's implications around what she's getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, we also know that um, no, she would have already actually been two two levels into sorcerer because she has sorcery points. You would know and more I, about that than I, I don't would. think you get that at level one. Okay, um, let's do a quick quick check here. So she may be three um, and one. Maybe yeah. Now um, let's see. But then also the the rest of the party is level four, and so this is um, typically where you take either an ability score improvement or you or take a feat. Yeah. And so I was going to ask you, in Matt's campaigns, do the players typically take feats? Do they typically take the ability score? Is there anything that rises to the top? And if they take a feat, any ideas on what feats we might see? I say they. I'm hoping that they're. It's not that they're not. It's not that they're like secretive with this type of stuff, but. Um they don't really come out and explicitly say like at the beginning of the next episode, they're not going to say, uh, Dorian took a feat, uh, Imogen took the ability score. Like we'll just have to kind of pick up on that contextually as it moves on, unless they change and start doing that now. Um, so it's hard to say. I mean, it's, it's a mix of both. Um, you know, they definitely have feats like in the campaigns, like you can definitely, like they'll even mention them sometimes like, Oh, I have a warcaster, So I get, you know, advantage on this, um, type of thing. Uh, so it'll just, I guess to answer your question, both, but uh, we won't really know until we just happen to pick up on it contextually. Yeah, uh, okay. As far as like what feet, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know enough to really like guess. I know that there, one of them had lucky in the very first campaign and I think Matt banned it after that. So <laughs> no one's going to be doing that, but you know, obviously Orm has halfling luck. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I could see I could see Orm as a fighter taking some kind of feat. Um, there's a Sentinel that's great for like mm-hmm. a tank, and so if he wants to continue sort of like this, um, you know, goading attack, uh, um, you know, all these things that he's doing to sort of force combat on him, mm-hmm. you know, he could do something like that. Um, if he doesn't think, think that it's redundant, um, so we might see something like that. But yeah, it could be interesting to see. Um, like you said, they don't explicitly say, I'm taking this feat. Right. So maybe as soon as next episode, we'll start to see some of those details come out. Yeah. And um, I imagine probably most of them will take feats. I mean, not that ability scores can be great, but feats are obviously kind of more exciting and, you know, right. more flavorful. Um, right. So I mean, I, I guess we would see an updated character sheet, right? When they overlay the character sheets, if someone took an ability score increase. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if that's the case, then we, and, you know, we have the, the, numbers mm-hmm. whizzes out there they'll definitely be able to tell um so that's a good point yeah um, okay. i did double check on uh sorcerer by the way and yeah level two you get your sorcery points okay um i played a sorcerer in one of my campaigns is why but only to like level five so uh level three you get meta magic which gives you the option of basically um modifying a spell so it's where you see things like distance spell where you can you can double the distance um or twin spell which is one of the ones i really like where you know you cast a spell when it's on a single target um you can spend sorcery points to basically duplicate 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 that spell on something else um the only detail that's a little fuzzy to me is i think someone i thought she tried to do that last night uh, that was imogen oh okay okay because i was like twin spell to witch bolt okay i gotcha yeah that makes more sense then because um, yeah. we saw a twin spell. Um, so yeah, we could be seeing um, one of those things. And there's a, a whole list of options for her to choose. 
Yeah, so. cool. And so she is three sorcerer, one warlock. So she basically took yeah. one to get like the Eldritch Blast cantrip and yeah, some other stuff like that. Yeah, Interesting. I guess so. Well, it does make me wonder where is she heading, um, like where is she heading with her character in terms of mm -hmm. uh, sorcerer levels. Yeah. Um, because the meta magic's it's good, but it almost feels like there's more important stuff to get from the warlock class like you were your pact for example yeah um so yeah i wonder what her end game is yeah i remember i don't remember what it was but last so not last night's but last week's episode marisha tried to do something and matt was like oh you need level three and she's like i am level three but you know he's like no you need level three in that class so i wonder mm -hmm. if like you know maybe she was looking to get that um i bet she does get warlock three eventually i mean it might be when she's level 15 you know like a year from now but it seems like grabbing that pact eventually would be worth it like if you're gonna go one into warlock going two more to get a pretty cool set of tools would be nice yeah and it's it's iconic to the warlock class and so that's why i'm yeah. a bit surprised but yeah we'll see how quickly she dives into it for sure it might you know also be like a story related thing you know like maybe mm-hmm Maybe it's when she makes a pact with, mm -hmm. an act, like, you know, you, you guys get it. Maybe there will be a story yeah. tie in there, so it'll come later. Um, yeah. But a couple things on FCG I actually just wanted to touch on really quick. Um, I thought it was hilarious how he's trying to weave in these catchphrases like, no pain, no Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we knew this guy Wayne, and he didn't yeah. like pain. Um, yeah. He had another one. I forgot what it was. but Yeah, um, I don't remember, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I thought it was great, even though he was just trolling when he got knocked unconscious during the Duggar fight <laughs> and he gets healed back up. He's like, hey, everybody, who are you guys? <laughs> like pretending yeah, right. like his memory was wiped. I was like, oh, no. And he's like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would have been incredible. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I just had to shout that out. Um, Good stuff, man. Yeah. And I think I think that's pretty much it as far as stuff on the episode. Um, unless you have something. No, nope. uh -uh. but I do have uh, you started this two weeks ago and I think we forgot last week, but a couple of comments I wanted to kind of yeah, uh, talk about from our last week's video that were really interesting. And honestly, there y'all, we love the comments. Like, please keep them coming. There are so many. And, you know, if we sat here and read everyone that, you know, uh, piqued my interest. It would this episode would run two more hours. So I apologize for not being able to to shout out everybody. But um. A couple I wanted to uh, point out is uh, one was from uh, someone named MG, and um, so I'm trying to find. I t wrote this down somewhere. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, so we already we were kind of talking about this the other day about um, Imogen's hometown, which now in this episode we got another shout out to it. But before mm -hmm. this episode aired. Um, MG pointed out that, you know, Imogen was from Galvan, which is a village in the Talent Highlands in southern Marquette, which I did not know any of this. Um, I don't know where. I don't think that was ever mentioned in the show. So I don't know if this is from like the Explorers, like one of the source book, like one of Matt's right, books or yeah. something. Um, but he says, yeah, it's a, a village in the Talent Highlands, which is in southern Marquette. And uh, he says that Imogen says Laudna came through her town because you and I were talking like, what's their history? Yeah. Yeah. And um, he said they hit it off real well and started traveling together. Um, but he's like, so we have no idea how Ladna got from Taldore, because we know she's from Whitestone, to right. Galvan. But seemingly that happened. And uh, 
MG postulated that maybe there was some magical incident that took incident that took place in Gelvon that really kicked off her need to find answers because her powers were growing, and so that's kind of why they mm-hmm. got together. Um, but I just want to shout out MG knowing the fact of Gelvon and stuff when we were clearly lost. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> there was um, there was a couple other ones too. One of them that I really, um, two of them that I liked. One of them, Natron pointed this out on. I wish they'd come to a consistent consensus on how they're handling the wildfire spirit. Mm. This is in reference to Fern, I believe. Uh, yeah, Mister. Uh, yeah, right with Mister. Because <clears throat> in Bria, we didn't mention this in EXU's video, but Bria gave a lot of leeway for rule of cool. So um, there were some things that didn't quite make sense on paper, but it was fun for the players. So Bria went with it. So we'll be interesting to see how that plays out for sure. And then the other thing that I saw that I really liked this came from Ness O. So the detail I've been noticing Ooh. about FGG is that every time Sam rolls a natural one, he makes a special mark on his tablet for it. His first natural one was during the fight against Esteros. Sam made a realization of, oh, I rolled a one, and then picked up his tablet so Marisha wouldn't see anything and made some kind of note there. He did it again on the most recent episode. Last campaign, Sam had a vendetta against Halfling Luck because he really likes the consequences of rolling a one. It sees, seems like he and Matt have worked out some kind of anti-luck for FCG that might come into play in the future. I think that rolling too many ones will cause FCG to malfunction and need to be treated by an artificer like Milo. Uh, some of my friends think that if they get too many ones, that M- MCG, FCG might go full Terminator and go on a killing spree for an hour. Whatever the case, it's something to watch out for, for in future episodes. Um, Ness, I love this theory of yours. And um, I didn't notice it at all. And I think it'd be so cool if that's ends up being the case first of all how dare Terminator, you because fcg i was about to read that comment we both like that one stole i guess my thunder uh, but yeah i thought that was so cool and i haven't noticed that either and i actually meant to be looking for it this episode but i kind of forgot and i don't know if, if he if sam even rolled any net ones um but yeah fascinating i really i haven't had a chance to go back yet but ever since reading mm. that i wanted to go back and and look at that yeah. for myself um which i haven't yet but yeah i love that I love that. I subscribe to that uh, because, yeah, and just to expand on what he he touched touched on there. So last campaign, um, Sam was uh, against halfling luck. He uh, like you know, as we've seen Orem use it. You know, you roll one, you can re-roll it. Sam was like, no, I'm not going to. And everyone would be like, what? Just re-roll? Because sometimes like it would be <laughs> like a a dangerous or like important situation and he'd be like nope like <laughs> so i love that you know he's kind of has like okay, the opposite cool. of that now yeah cool potentially um the other detail that someone mentioned this is from nuck and fr- <laughs> said i think imogen is some sort of homebrew twist on the kalashtar uh, i think you're absolutely right i played a kalashtar in a recent campaign and there are some definite connections there um but anyway, that's the last comment that I wanted to reach. There's so many great ones in here, by the way. I wish I could read them all. But anyway. Can't hear you, by the way. Whoops. My bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was just agreeing with you that uh, same here. Um, you're, please, please keep commenting. We love it. And, uh, you know, even the corrections, because we like to we like to know when we're messing up. So, you know, don't want to be mm-hmm. spouting out the wrong stuff. So, you know, yeah, yeah bring yeah. it on. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um they're like have these guys even played D before no so no <laughs> well uh i think that's everything what do you want to do for the thumbnail i had an idea actually all right okay i'm gonna be duggar like emerging and you just have to be like horrified 
Okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. I'm gonna take my <laughs> headset off to kind of Okay, sure. All right, you ready? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Good stuff. Well, uh, thanks for checking out our episode again. Don't forget, next week we'll be putting out an EXU What You Need to Know video for Campaign 3. You can see that dropping next Friday. You'll also see our podcast coming up on pretty much every podcast platform. You can check that out as well. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at The Pixelists, where um, if you want you know, to up your meme game, my buddy Will is always on there um, posting good stuff. So yeah. you can check that out as well. Come talk to me. And uh, we will be doing Hawkeye as well, which that, that comes yep. out the day before Thanksgiving. And, you know, since Thanksgiving's happening, we probably won't get that episode out until maybe early the next week. Right. We'll be looking out for that. And, um, yeah, hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving if you celebrate that. And, you know, a good week. Otherwise, if not. <laughs> we'll catch you guys later. All right. See ya. Bye, y'all.